Welcome back to Over Here, the podcast from Outside in Music. My name is Nick Finzer, and today we're chatting with two trombonists here in New York City that have very different experiences with their jazz education. This is another episode of the Is Jazz Education Worth It series. And today we're talking uh, with Ben Barnett, who went to SUNY Purchase. That's the State University of New York at Purchase, if you don't know SUNY. And then also the New School with Muriel Bildstein, uh, so both these people have very different experiences and kind of different uh, reflections about whether it was worth it or not to them personally and uh, thoughts to share about uh, whether you should attend those schools and if they might be right for you. So without further ado, I'm going to let us jump right into this conversation first with Ben, and then we're going to follow it up with a conversation with Mariel. The, con- the connection with Mariel was a little bit choppy, so there's going to be a couple moments where it might be a little difficult to listen to, but hopefully you can stick through it and get the information out of it, because I definitely think there's some good info there, so uh, check that out, and thanks again for tuning in to Over Here. Here's Ben Barnett. Hello, my name is Ben Barnett. I am from a little town outside of Queens called Lindbrook. I went to Purchase College, which is a state university of New York, located in Westchester County. And currently, I am a manager at Smalls Jazz Club and a professional trombonist on the New York City jazz scene. Awesome. And so, where? what was your experience like at Purchase? You did your undergrad there, right? Yes, I did my undergrad there. Uh, my experience was pretty good. The The thing about Purchase that I enjoyed the most was that it was a college. It was just a regular college that happened to have a conservatory of music located in it. Mm-hmm. And having both the conservatory and the regular aspects of college turned out to be a lot of fun. I got to experience both and I really enjoyed that and and did you have any involvement with the college like when you were growing up uh, since you were so close no not at all in fact I didn't really even know it existed until I applied to colleges and in fact yeah and and it was the only one that I got into actually oh that's weird from my perspective it seems like that a lot of people would want you but um, so where else did you apply so I applied to, um, actually, my, my, my uh, application process was very strange. So as a senior in high school, I didn't want to go to college. I wanted to take a year off and continue studying with my private teacher, okay. whose, whose name is, uh, his name is Joe Schaefer. And he's a fantastic trombonist and educator. Uh, he played in Frank Sinatra's big band, Frank Sinatra Jr.'s big band, Tony Bennett's big band, wow. uh, Woody Herman's big band. He, he's he's a great, great, fantastic musician. And uh, Thad Mel's big band, too. And as far as I remember, actually. But mm-hmm. he was teaching me so much. And he's actually the reason why I got into college, because of what he taught me about music theory and harmony and, and, and the sound of the instrument. But my parents wouldn't let me take a year off. They wanted me to do what they did and go to college. Sure. And so I listened to them and I applied to William Patterson University, Fredonia, State College of New York, mm-hmm. Potsdam State College of New York, Purchase College. Hofstra University, and I believe the last one was uh, Oberlin, and I didn't get into any of the other schools except Purchase College, and the reality was I really wanted to go to William Patterson to study with John Mosca. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. As it turns out, he now teaches at Purchase College after I left. <laughs> of course, after you left, right? Yeah, but now he and I are friends, and 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 we have we communicate with each other on our own time. So I, I don't need to go to college just to meet him anymore. But 
Right. I was I was astonished that I didn't get into William Patterson and because it was my dream school, and then I got into Purchase College and I didn't really know what to expect. Um, but I had been doing some research about the professors, and I learned more about John Fedchok, who was he was the trombone teacher. Right. And once I started learning about him, I was extremely excited to go there because he is incredible. Yeah. So what was what was kind of your experience like there? You said it's a normal college that also has, you know, happens to have a conservatory of music. So what did kind of like, what did it look like? You know, were you going to a lot of gen ed classes? Was it lots of music classes? So for, for me, I took a lot of AP classes in New York State. It's called the AP. I think you're from New York, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you know about the APs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I took a lot of those while I was in high school. So I only had to take uh, math and gym, gen eds. All the other ones I had taken in high school. Oh, nice. So my schedule was basically filled with music classes for the first three years because I put it off until I was a senior, of course. Of course. Uh, not by my own fruition, just this, the uh, uh, the uh, scheduling never seemed to work out with the classes. I, was, I would always get reserved. Gotcha. But because I had taken my gen eds already, I could fill my schedule with other music classes that my peers might not be able to take. So I was in a lot of classes with the older musicians of the of the conservatory mm-hmm. and I got to see how they were learning and how they were acting and I kind of took that into my classes with the younger musicians and I think it had a positive effect on all of us because it helped me learn better and it helped them to you know see how the other older musicians in the program were acting as well. And then they went out and sought it for themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And the classes that I took were very good. I, I, I loved every single one of those classes. My first class was Music Theory with John Gordon. Oh, wow. Um, he is an incredible musician and a hard-ass. Oh, yeah? Pardon my uh, uh, language, but man, he would not take—he would not take any excuse. And he was a realist. The first class spent about thirty-five minutes just explaining to us that we're probably not going to have a career, and that we may never amount to anything, and we may not ever make any money. Wow. That's not why we're here. Mm-hmm. We're here because of the music. Because we want to pursue music. And uh, that first class with him was the eye opener. What, what what were you thinking when you heard that? What was kind of going through your mind? Well, I, what was kind of going through my mind was, why did I come here? <laughs> <laughs> what am I doing with my life? You know, if I'm not going to be able to... Uh, um, support myself let alone somebody else in the future why did i even want to come here and then as the semester went on i started to realize more and more that it's about the music and that the music is why i came to learn and to get better mm-hmm. and also on top of that um it got really hard the, the classes and the workload it got really hard to the point where i almost wanted to drop out and pursue another road that I was just good at. Mm-hmm. And um, I ended up not doing that. And I'm happy that I did because pursuing it was was a very good decision for me. What, uh, what, what kind of, was it just the classes that led you to that point where you're feeling like you wanted to change or was it some oh, other yeah. people? Oh yeah, well, well, the classes. The, my first semester freshman year, my course load was music theory with John Gordon. Mm-hmm. Then I had an improvisation class with Todd Kuhlman. 
Then I had a, uh, 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 another improvisation class. So the first improvisation class was about learning tunes. That was with Todd. The second one was with Pete, Mal, and Vernie, and it was about actually improvising. And then I had private lessons with John. I took this class called Rhythmic Analysis with John Riley. And I also had a combo with Doug Monroe. And the course load was just a lot because each each of those classes were giving me lots of work. You know, John would have us write out all 12 scales in every interval, you know, major, mm -hmm. one, and then minor the next week, and then harmonic minor the next week, and then Locrian the week after. I have all this stuff still. And then at the same time, Todd would have us learn two at the same time, Pete would have us learning another two tunes. Mm -hmm. And then John would have me learn his etudes. And then uh, for my combo, I'd have to learn a different two tunes. Yeah, that's a lot of stuff. It, it, it was a lot, and it became a lot. And I, I ended up sticking with it. And then coincidentally, second semester, freshman year, I had Hal Galper as a combo teacher. And he changed my world of my perception of music and my perception of life and how I was applying my time just by talking. Really? Yeah. Is there anything you could share that like kind of struck a chord with you that he would uh, say? Yes. So Hal used to say that time and tone are two sides of the same coin. Mm. Meaning that when you play your instrument, typically people tend to focus on their tone or their time. But no matter what, the audience is going to hear both simultaneously. And in reality, they are the same thing. When you focus on your time, you're focusing on your tone subconsciously. And when you focus on your tone, there's, there's a finite level of time that you are noticing. It's called the natural time, which is what he called it. And it's when you play a note, the natural ebb and flow the note takes. You play... And it'll take it'll it'll take its shape to go up and take its shape to go down and take its shape to go up again and maybe down again, and however many times that happens, there's an order to it, and that's the natural occurring time of every note. And the purpose of the two is to sync them up to some extent. Wow. So how did you? How would one go about trying to do that? Do you think? Uh, well, what I did was long tones and I still do long tones every day um, and and what I do with it is I, I do a long tone and then without the metronome and then the metronome on 60 and then I try to see if my if my time the natural flow of the note is matching the metronome usually it doesn't happen so I gotta lower the metronome until they're together and okay. then once they're together, you know, that's the time that I know that my sound's time is matched up with the real time. To get that faster, you have to increase the speed that your note is flowing at, which is just increasing the air, increasing the wind behind the note. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm still working on that. Yeah, <laughs> you know that's, it's not. That's super interesting. I've never thought about that before. <laughs> yeah. it's 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 kind of it's kind of crazy when you start to get into it because it's it's all minutia. First of all, right. This is the extreme minutia of of of, of uh, the instrument of any instrument. This can be applied to as well. And um, it's really opened up my sound too. I bet. Yeah, just having that even kind of flow probably just lets it kind of just happen but more easily 
Yeah. Well, that's super interesting. Well, I'm so it's good to know that there's some. I feel like purchase sometimes flies under the radar. Like people don't think about it, but it sounds like there's some great teaching happening there and just like mind expanding kind of oh, stuff. Oh yeah, it is definitely under the radar. I mean, that's just one class that I had with Hal Galper. Right. You know, I didn't even touch upon my history classes with Kenny Washington or my history classes with John Faddis. History and improvisation, I should say. Or my uh, big band person. Freshman year, I wasn't in any big band. I, I didn't get into either big band, the Latin Jazz Orchestra or the uh, Purchase Jazz Orchestra. And uh, because there were enough trombonists that were killing, and I, <laughs> I was not killing. Um, and those experiences were great as well. You know, through those experiences with the big band, that's how I got to meet Jerry Dodgen and Steve Turay mm-hmm. and Terrell Stafford. And uh, I'm very thankful for those experiences, especially Jerry, who's one of the most recorded alto saxophone players of all time. Right. So, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, we've talked touched on some of this already, but I was going to say, do you feel like there's any anything else that kind of sets that program apart from what you know of you know the other programs around the city or around the country? Yes, the main thing, and this is the reason why I ended up liking it so much. The main thing is that it's far enough from the city where you get a, a break from it, but close enough where you can go in at any time. And, and not have to worry about how you're going to get home because it's that close. It's only a half an hour train ride and a 40 minute drive mm-hmm. from the And I really enjoyed that. I mean, part of the reason I didn't go to, I didn't even apply to Juilliard or MSM or the new school is because I didn't want to be spending so much money just to be going to a place where I'm basically already from. Right. You know, I mean, I've grown up around the city my whole life. My my grandparents would take me to past the, the past the Met when I was a, a little kid. Mm-hmm. You know, or you know, she'd take me on the my grandma would take me on the queue. I think it was Ford bus, and we go grocery shopping or something. You know, and I don't even have necessarily real memories of this these are just things that I get faint distant memories of and uh, I mean the first time I went to the city alone was when I was 14 you know so I've been I had already experienced it and been around it for a long time and it didn't it didn't seem uh, unnecessary to me to pay that money for an undergraduate degree to be somewhere where I kind of already had been. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And then it's beautiful at Purchase, too. It's this big campus in the middle of the woods, and the outside is kind of rural. And then the inside main campus is kind of a grid, like a city. It's a very beautiful campus. That's cool. Yeah, I've only been up there like one time, or maybe two times. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, so if you could go back to your senior year of high school and you're starting to think about all this stuff again, would you do you think you would do anything differently? I think I would take more risks because maybe I would have gotten into a place like Juilliard or something, but I didn't even try. You know. Mm-hmm. Granted, Purchase College was the only college that I got into, which was weird. <laughs> yeah, uh, I kind of had no choice but to go there. Um, but I, I, I would never have known, and I didn't know, because I didn't even apply. Do you think you would do anything different, like while you're at school, like as a student? Like, do you think you should have done more of this or more of that or less of something? I think that I would have done 
more practicing when I was an underclassman, meaning freshman and sophomore. Sure. Because when I was a freshman and sophomore, I was so focused on completing the assignments to the best of my ability that I, I was practicing less. And I didn't notice this until I was a junior, actually. Um, I was still spending lots of time at my instrument, but I was spending the time doing the assignments, learning the tunes or, or writing arrangements or writing melodies or practicing the scales. And I would have liked to spend more time focusing on sound and tone and, and, and tonguing exercises and figuring out tunes that I like and transcribing musicians. Mm-hmm. No, I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> uh, and so what's, what's up for you next? Do you think you'll go back and pursue more jazz school or do you, do you feel like that's something that you, that's not really relevant? I'm not sure right now. I mean, I'm only 22. Mm -hmm. I'm a recent graduate. I, I've only been out for a year now. Right. And as of right now, I don't feel the need to go back at all. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> um, I know some people go from one to the next. <clears throat> I have a few friends who did that and are doing that now. And uh, I mean, I... I, I and living a good life, you know, I'm playing at Lincoln Center on Thursday with uh, George G's band. We're playing for Midsummer Night Swing. Awesome. I just copied a, a chart that Slide wrote. You know, I'm, I've been playing at Birdland with Arturo Farrell's big band. I'm going to be uh, premiering my quartet at Smalls on the, on the 22nd. Oh, nice. Um, it's just the afternoon jam session, but it's still it's still a start. And I'm still happy about it. Uh, I, I, I'm happy, you know, with what I'm doing now, with the playing that I'm doing and with who I'm playing with. Mm -hmm. Well, that's great to hear, man. Yeah, I think, I think that, that uh, if anything, I would like to be a, an inspiration for people that go to college for music because... When I was in college, I didn't know that I would be doing any of this. Sure. I, I, you know, there's no way for you to know if you're going to work, if you're going to do anything. And initially, I wasn't doing anything. As soon as I graduated, there, there was no work. All my gigs were gone because most of them were through the school. And then the gigs that I did have... They didn't want me anymore because I lived too far away. They wanted somebody closer. So I had no more gigs. So I decided to just go to the city every day. And I would go to Smalls every single day of every week and just get there around 9 or 10 and hang out till closing. Mm -hmm. Last summer, I began doing that uh, with, with a good friend of mine. And... Um, after that, is I started meeting everybody and playing at the sessions. People heard me, and uh, I think that is something that I didn't learn at school. Right. And it was invaluable, and still is. I still do that stuff because it's it's that important. It's important to be out and hanging and uh, playing at the sessions because that's just as much a part of this music and the life of this music as is learning about it from a what we'll say is a traditional standpoint sure sure and so is that how you came to start uh working at smalls yes well spike spike wilner is the is the co-owner of smalls for those of you who do not know uh, the other owner is a man named Mitch Borden, who opened Smalls 23 years ago. Uh, one day, I was just hanging out at Smalls in October, and Spike had just gotten back from China. 
And I asked him how it was, and he said it was good, and he asked me how I was. I told him that I just got a job finally. I was going to be an usher at Radio City Music Hall. Mm -hmm. And he looked at me and he said, you want to work here? And I said, yeah, sure. Doing what? And he said, (laughs) you want to be a manager? And I said, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was a Wednesday night, uh, and this was when Ken Fowser was still working there, so he trained me that night. I stayed until closing. I came back that weekend and trained with Spencer and Carlos and mm-hmm. other managers. They're the weekend managers. And then after that, I started working there. Initially, I was the managerial substitute. Sure. For somebody needed a day off, I was there to take their place. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I have two days a week there as you know you typically play on Wednesdays and uh, I'm there every Tuesday and Wednesday now yeah well that's that's great I'm sure that's you know uh, well maybe maybe it's not maybe I'm just assuming that you know you get to hear hear a lot of people and and, you know hang a little bit oh yeah I mean just last night Frank Lacey sextet played and I love Frank Mm mm-hmm or Roots, as as, right. he has, as he has been so deemingly called. <laughs> uh, and the band was great. Theo Hill, Yoshushi Nakamura, Mark Whitfield II, Freddie Hendricks, and Stacey Dillard. Oh, man, that's killing Abraham me. Burton's Quartet. Abraham Burton's Quartet plays there every Tuesday night now. Mm-hmm. That's David Bryant, Desron Douglas, and Eric McPherson. Another killer... That's, yeah, those are the cats. Exactly, exactly. And that's every Tuesday. Usually Frank switches off with Steve Nelson's quintet, Mm -hmm. which is Steve, Rick Germanson, Kiyoshi Kitagawa, and Charles Gould. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, yeah, that's great. And then, as you know, on Wednesdays, you know, you got some great bands, which you are a part of. (laughs) From time to time. From time to time, Lucas Pino's not dead, and from time to time, your own group. Yep. <clears throat> and uh, the late night session, Aaron Sieber's group. Oh, cool. Yeah. And I, I, a lot of my colleagues are, are from, from Purchase College are the people that you see on the scene today, like Aaron Sieber, Dean Torrey, um, Malik McLaurin. Um... Wayne Tucker. Oh, yeah, Wayne. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a Purchase College alumni. Right, right. Um, yeah, there's not many other names coming to the top of my head. but no, that's they're, cool. <laughs> they're there. Actually, I think, if I'm correct, Spike himself is a Purchase College graduate. Ah. And so was Ken Fowler. Okay. Yeah. And Spencer. And Spencer, yeah, yeah. Well, it's just, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like a, I think everywhere, every school has its, like, your community afterwards, you know? And uh, Yeah, every school has a community, you know, keep us together. Yeah, man. Well, is there anything else you wanted to share? I think we've covered a lot of ground here. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. I mean, are there, is there any, is there any other question you had to ask me? I think, I think you kind of touched on most of the questions without me having even having to ask them but uh <laughs> which is great i mean it was just yeah. part of part of the narrative and it was great um yeah. well, uh, what's the best place for people to to find you just come hang at smalls and find you there yeah you can find me at smalls jazz club west 10th street and 7th avenue every tuesday and wednesday or you can find me possibly at birdland or at Swing 46, or at Mesro, or just find me on Facebook if anybody has any questions. Awesome. I will, I will say, uh, uh, the last thing that I would like to say is that for those musicians, young musicians, who aspire to be, younger than me at least, who aspire to be uh, uh, professionals, don't take your life too seriously. Because there's a lot that's going to go on for you, whether it be with music or your family 
or your school life or a relationship, whatever it is. Just remember that music is fun for you, and that's why you started playing it. And it will continue to be that way, no matter how much you want to get better, and no matter how much you push yourself. And there's many different aspects of music that come together to make it fun. And I think it's important to keep that memory with us, because for myself, I don't experience any feeling that, that, um, like the one that I experience when I play music. It's 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 a divining moment. It makes me feel sublime, and it it makes time slow for me. That's what I experience. Everyone's experiences are different, but just keep in mind that at the end of the day, it's all about having fun. Well, I don't think I could put it any better. So I think we'll leave it leave it there. All right, wonderful. Well, Ben, thank you so much, man. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Nick. I, I really enjoyed doing this. And that was Ben Barnett. And now for someone with a totally different take, uh, Mariel Bildstein from California, uh, who went to the new school, has her own thoughts. Uh, my name is Mariel Bildstein. I'm a trombone player, originally from Santa Barbara, California. I went to school at the new school for jazz and contemporary music in New York um, from the fall of 2012 to the fall of 2015 and since then I am now a full-time freelance jazz musician as well as I teach um, and I'm living in New York. Awesome and so tell could you tell us a little bit about what your experience was like at the new school what kind of curriculum it was like how you felt about it? Yeah so I, I went to the new school from undergrad with my bachelor's um, or something that I liked about the program a lot and others that I really didn't. Um, sure. And so, wait, I'm sorry. The question was curriculum. Yeah, just kind of your experience. Just your experience. Like, how was it? Kind of overall. Just start there, and we'll kind of okay. dive in from there. Yeah. Okay. 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 Cool. Um, my experience overall, overall was positive. Um, what was great about the program is it's made up students over the four years, and so it is rather large. An undergrad jazz program so with that you have a ton of diversity in terms of styles and the way people are playing and what they're interested in um so that was really great what that was what made that wonderful was also what like that that aspect also made things difficult because you had a very um it, it didn't feel like a unified class of people working towards the same thing often and so there are all these different uh, sub sort of click in the school of people playing different styles of music. Um, and so, you know, it's, that is good and bad, I think. Um, what I liked about, another thing that I did like was that the private lessons you could pick, any teacher that lived in New York could be um, on the faculty at New School. And so that was just amazing because we're in New York. There's so many amazing musicians here. Um, so you had access to pretty much anyone you wanted as long as, long as they agreed to teach you. So uh, that was very positive. Um, Overall, I think it was a good experience, um, but I was also very careful to be pursuing um, music successful while I was still studying. I think that, that I learned in, in a lot of situations more in those playing situations than I did in school. So sure. it's a mixed bag. So, so who did you study with while you were there? Um, I studied with, let's see, Elliot Mason, Vincent Gardner, Eclodon, um, who else? Yeah, that was all of them. Nice. And and yep. what what kind of is the, what's yeah. the, um, like, what does it look like? What kind of classes are you taking? Do you have to take, like, gen ed? Is there, like, a gen ed requirement? Or are you just kind of just focused on music there? Yeah, so, so any of these programs, they're, they're usually pretty set up pretty similarly. So um, the classes I'm taking are ear training, music theory, um, sight reading, arranging classes, composition, um, history of music courses, ensembles, private lessons, a big band here and there. Um, and then on top of that, it 
depending on kind of your prior education in terms of if you like took AP classes or um, where the test on a study had however many gen ed classes. Those are usually liberal arts courses um, that you can kind of pick and choose from. I did a lot of higher level like AP and college level classes in high school. So I, that's why I was able to graduate early, which was great because it saved me money right. and time. Um, so that was really helpful. So I actually didn't take that many liberal arts courses, but the ones I did take, I really enjoyed. And I, I stay away from just taking, you know, the, like writing for jazz majors. You know, I, I took things that I was really interested in because the all of the credit, at least at New School, they're pretty flexible. So you can fulfill a requirement with a class that you really find is interesting, which is cool. Um, yeah, I think that's it. And then, yeah, it's all the like the categories of courses. Um, some, there are also at New School, there's these classes called ULEX, where it would be like university-wide lecture. So New Schools, um, I mean, it's kind of similar with most schools. It's a college within a bigger university. So um, university-wide, like anyone can take these classes. So that's, that was cool as well. I didn't, um, I don't think I, I actually had to take any of those, but they sound, and they were always kind of random subjects, like history of New York or whatever, you know, something just interesting to talk about. Mm -hmm. Nice. And so what was like the primary reason that brought you to the new school as opposed to anywhere else? I mean, where, first of all, like where else did you apply and where else did you look at before deciding on new school? Okay. So I applied to, let me see if I can remember. This feels like so long ago. I know, right? Um, seven, I think it was seven or eight schools. I'm from California. So I did USC, UCLA, um, where else? And then Oberlin, New School, Berkeley. Where was the other? I think there's another one in California as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, okay. <laughs> that's terrible. I can't even remember. Oh, no, it's okay. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's a bunch. Yeah, so yeah, so it was like those, you know, it was like Oberlin New School and Berkeley were like my top three. Okay. Um, I didn't apply to Juilliard or MSM because when I visited, so my grandparents are originally from New York, so I was in New York, you know, once every couple of years to visit them. And whenever I went to campus visit, I accidentally always went on like the classical <laughs> major tours and got like a different side of the school that I probably wouldn't have been a part of as much. Sure. But my whole, when I went to those schools, um, I felt that they were very sticky and um, I just, it didn't feel like a right, the right environment for me. Mm-hmm. When I went to the new school, Berkeley and Oberlin, it felt like a little bit more of um, a music school rather than a conservatory. And so there just seemed to be more, um, more options in terms of the types of music to play and the faculty and the students and what people were doing. So that sort of attracted me to those schools. Um, I got into all of them, but being in New York was really important to me and a big priority. So that kind of um, what brought me to new school. It was like the one in New York. I liked the vibe a lot. I liked that you could pick your teachers, your private instructors. And when I was there, I had a really good like experience um, talking with faculty and talking with like the students around there and just, it just had a nice vibe about it. And so that's, that's why I went, I went there, but New York was like a huge, was probably the biggest factor. Um, because I just kind of wanted to be around the music as much as possible. Yeah, of course. So do you think there was anything about your experience kind of talking to, you know, other people going to other places that's kind of unique to new school that you think like really stood out in your mind as being unique and also beneficial to you? Um, hmm. It's okay if there's not. Yeah, I mean, what was, yeah, no, I mean, there definitely, I mean, it's very, it is a unique program. Um, yeah, I think, I think how much freedom they give you is probably the thing that, that is the most unique compared to other, with, you know, you have these credits that you have to take, but with those credits, you have a ton of exactly which classes you want and which classes you want to do. And your last two years, training and theory and all of those classes are kind of done. Um, you can really get into 
the things that you're really interested in studying, and they have a lot of classes um, that are pretty specific in terms of getting more into composition or more into counterpoint or more into a certain type of music or, you know, fill in the blank. So that was really, that I think was, is quite unique. Um, and they can do that because it is a bigger program. There's 300 students and they have a pretty diverse faculty. Um, again, like I said earlier, I think that that is a strength of the school, but I also think it's a, it's a weakness of the school because you have a lot of people doing a lot of different things. And so if you don't know what you want to do or like, you know, show up and say, well, I just like to play music, you can be pulled in so many different directions, mm -hmm. which is good and bad, you know, so you'll experience a lot. I feel like I'm a very, like, I can play a lot of different styles. I can, um, you know, you can put me in, not all, but like most musical situations that I can like, you know, swim. But, um, but in terms of really digging into into the music, I think it's um, it, that it acts. Um, it, it's like it's like a, they can do a survey of everything, but really digging into something, they're they're not as strong at that. So um, it's it's both a strength and a weakness, just depending on who you are. And I think I I came in, you know, I'm from California. I'm from Santa Barbara, which is a small town with virtually no music scene. And so I came in like uh, you know, with all of my prior influences which were few at that point because I hadn't been really exposed to much and I just loved playing trombone I was really bad at it but I like had a lot of fun with it and had played in these different situations but I didn't really know you know what I wanted my career to look like or really what I was trying to get out of it other than I just wanted to be better at playing and to be with more people and to just take a career out of that um, and then moved to New York, I just fell deeply, deeply, deeply in love with jazz music, like, from the 20s to the 60s, and, and then I was in the school where I was, like, so in love with this music, but then, like, not everyone was so in love with music, uh -huh. and so it was this really interesting thing, because, because you'd have, you know, so I was, you know, oh, wow, this is so cool, I'm getting explored, like, Duke Ellington, whoa! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, checking all this stuff out finally because I was around it but then uh, but then it wasn't I I felt like there were only a few other students at school that were really interested in in do in in studying that as well and so it was just like this interesting dynamic but I think I mean the the takeaway is that none of these programs can give you everything you need it's and so that's the first thing is they can't give you everything you need plus uh um, it has to be within the, if you're going to school for music, it has to be within the context of, you know, a whole lifetime's worth of playing. And this is just four years or just how long that you're kind of in this more intensive mode. But, um, you know, I think there's all this pressure and that's what's just weird. I mean, I have a lot of negative feelings about jazz education in general because of this, is that there's this thing where, you know, once you have a degree, you're, you're, you've mastered something or you've, um, you know, you've made it or you've done a study, but that's just so not the case with, with music or any sort of creative field or I guess anything that anyone's passionate about. I guess you just keep learning and keep discovering things. But, um, but it can't, you know, I, I found that I would, I would always see students that were just kind of keeping to themselves in school and, and would just do the school thing, but then like weren't going out to hear music or weren't playing outside of school. And like that, that's one way of doing it. And I, I'm sure they probably got more out of their classes than I did because they were really doing that. But then, you know, maybe they, they weren't around and playing in different situations. So I don't know, there's so many pros and cons to this whole situation. Um, but I hope that answered, I don't know. No, I think <laughs> so. No, that's rant. great. No, it's good. I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the this conversation in the first place is that I feel like a lot of people are around our age or went through it this jazz education stuff and we're just like, what? Like, what? You know, or like, was it really worthwhile? Yeah. Or was it, you know, it was like, is yeah, this the best way to organize it? Or, yeah, exactly. It's so strange. Um, so do you think if you went back now and yeah. with, with what you know now, would you go back and make any decisions differently? Or do you think you'd stick on the same path 
Let's school I choice. Do, I think I would do something very different school-wide. Um, given, yeah, yeah, I would have probably gone to the most, well, I think there's a couple of things I, I probably would have done. I think Oberlin would have been a great choice to not be in the city and to just study, 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 play with a lot of people, um, and then move to New York. I think that would have been a great thing to do. I was really, I had this sort of like life is short, you know, when you're young, you just want to like get there already. So I think when I, um, that may have been premature. <laughs> sure. Um, whereas if I, you know, had gone to a school where it was a little more isolated and I could just study, 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 and then uh, move, that would have been cool. Or gone to a kind of a more, a, like a, a school like Juilliard or something like that where, um, the mission statement is a little clearer. That that may, that may have benefited me as well. Um, I don't think I'm that satisfied with my new school experience. I mean, when I think about it, I'm not. It was good for a lot of reasons, but I, I yeah, I think if I had done something differently, it would have. I don't know if there'd be a different outcome, but well, I guess there must have been a different outcome. But I, but yeah, I, I definitely. Uh, would have done things differently, given the perspective I have now, for sure. And so, and what I think it... the peer group really matters as mm -hmm. well. Totally. Um, yeah, and so I think at New School there were there's a lot of wonderful musicians, but then there's also a lot of um, people that like aren't taking things that seriously, um, and there's just a whole range of of levels of seriousness, and levels of like respect for for music making and um and so i think that matters a ton is the peer group as well no i totally agree with you totally um yeah so do you have any advice for kids students that might be 16 17 thinking about going into music oh. school yeah well i so i was a tour guide at new school um okay <laughs> so you all this that i was actually like the um I'm, yeah, and this is all just coming back to me. So I, I was a tour guide for prospective students um, for like two, at least two years at new school. So, so that I would give tours of the jazz program and explain everything. Um, I was in a situation where I don't have any debt. I had enough scholarship and, um, and so I didn't have to deal with debt, but I think it's not worth going into a program if, if you're going to come out on the other end with a lot of debt. Um, and I, and I think that's something that, that people need to remember <laughs> for sure, because we're not doctors. We're not going into like a super high money field. I mean, it can be of course, but the, the prospects of that I think are, are rather low. And, and if you can graduate debt free, I think that is a great thing. So, keeping that in mind, I think is important. Um, let's see other advice. I mean, I, yeah, I think with, I think with that, with any, so given that, then find a school that's within your budget or whatever situation you have, or if you get scholarships and then, you know, whichever school that has great faculty and a strong group, whenever you go visit school, really talk to people and, and, and try to get to know what they think are the good and the bad things about the school. Because no program is perfect, and I think everyone has a very different experience based on what they want and what they need and what they're looking for and, and all that. So there's no real right answer for any of these things, but just talking to as many people as possible is always good. Talking to faculty, if, the, you know, if you're get a lesson from someone i didn't do that that would have been really cool so just like get a lesson from someone on the faculty if you're visiting somewhere mm -hmm. that's a good thing to do um and then while you're in school just just play with everyone i think i i could have done a much better job of that i i was like pretty preoccupied with hanging with certain people and um and kind of being closed-minded about, about music and i could have done a much better job of playing everyone being more open-minded and just kind of soaking in that experience rather than thinking oh I don't want to play that sort of thing or I don't want to play with these people it's like no just just play with everyone because the you know you'll 
probably know most of the people you go to school with until you die. <laughs> right. You know, like if if everyone's pursuing music, these are the people that that you're going to know for a very very long time. And so just to play with everyone, I think I I I should have done that. That's that's a regret I have for sure. It's like it's you know it's it's kind of amazing. I mean, you have all these these amazing musicians in one building. It's like you know take advantage of that. Um but with the school picking process, I would say talk to people, talk to the faculty, keep money stuff in mind, and also keep in mind location and what you're looking for. Because you should also be, you know, be in an environment that you like. If you hate New York City, don't come to New York. You know, if you, right, if right. you don't want to um, be in the middle of the no, no, I mean, that's also, you know, we're humans and be comfortable with the environment that we're in. So that that's a huge, a huge factor as well. Um just so that you enjoy the time that you have just, you know, living situation wise or whatever, for sure. Yeah, totally. Well, thanks for sharing. Thanks for sharing all of those thoughts. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was great. What, um, where can people find you? So online, where, where, where's the best place? Oh, yeah. Um, my website is marialbilson.com and that's probably the only place you can find me online. I mean, Facebook, but, but yeah, if you want any sort of material, <laughs> that's the only place. Um, that's great. Yeah, SoundCloud and yeah, that's it. Awesome. Well, Mariel, thanks again. I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Nick. I hope to see you soon and hear you and good luck in Europe. It's going to be so fun. <laughs> Thanks for sticking through to the end. I know this one was a little bit of a longer episode and some challenging audio difficulties there with Mariel, but I think nonetheless it was still a great conversation and she had some very specific things to offer uh, and opinions about what she might do differently uh, going back uh, to choose her jazz education over again. So those are two perspectives of two schools here in the New York area and hopefully that will give you a little bit more information for you to make your own choices. And uh, thanks for joining us here on Over Here. Make sure you check out the Outside In Music YouTube channel. Lots of cool things happening over there and lots of new music coming out. So thanks again for your time and attention, and we'll see you right here next time.